What is up, everyone? Welcome to what we are calling the First Seed Fantasy Football Podcast. We're talking fantasy football. We are First Seed Sports. I am Kyle Krajewski, joined by my good friends, Dante, Mike, and Zach. Uh, Hello, everyone. And now that August is here, uh, we're kind of ramping up into draft season for fantasy football. Uh, Training camp's well underway. Plenty of nonsense has taken place. Mike was just talking about how he hates the random wide receiver for catching a <laughs> an easy target, and everybody wants to write a five-page article about him. But either way, it's training camp. It's the only football we have right now, and we're loving it. But what's up, guys? How are you today? It's almost like before before we get in, it's like, uh, I don't know if you remember two or three years ago, uh, I think Ant- Antonio Gandy Golden was getting all kinds of hype going into into the season. And and like it just goes to show that guy, um, you know, I don't think he had a catch in the league, but and he just re- just announced his retirement this past week. You know, it's like uh, so yeah, I think that's a good point. You can't buy too much into the hype, but uh, it's 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 amazing how it goes. Most important thing, if your lead makes follow you on Twitter, make sure you retweet all of it. <laughs> but if you get that one sucker, that's like, wow, I love that guy. Look at that video. No, you never know. Take them a little bit earlier and you're reaping the rewards from it. All right. So we're just going to talk, just going to talk some fantasy football, no player specifics. But at the same time, Mike, feel free to talk about Russell Wilson as at your pleasure. Um, but we're really going to focus on kind of league setup, draft positions, who we're target, like wh- what what we're entering our drafts thinking, um, stuff like that. Because, you know, as I mentioned already, it's August. People are drafting. They're drafting, uh, whether it's now, whether it's in a few weeks, people are already upset about a few injuries. And that's because they're drafting. Um, but let's kick this off. I'm going to kick it to Mike. Our, our own personal commissioner here uh, and ask him basically and the rest of you guys, if you were to start a league right now, what is the first guaranteed rule that you are you're kicking your league off with? Oh, see, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but voting on trades, that's got to be a rule for me. I, I, I can't go into a league, especially seeing I, I, I'm getting a reaction out of you guys as well. So um, I, it's, it's a little bit different. You know, if you go into a league with everybody who, uh, knows what they're doing, it's highly active, it should be a little bit better off, but myself, like you join these leagues online, man, you don't know who these guys are. You don't know what's going on. Like some guys may have advantages to like contact other guys than you do, you know, and get trades and have ins and outs and you never know what's going on and you don't want to accuse grown men of cheating either. So what what do you do? You put in voting, you know. So that's that's my staple. Um, I, I was gonna say full point PPR as well, but I kind of like the aspect of half point lately. Um, I, I joined one of the leagues recently, and I think I have the seven spot coming up in half point PPR. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going with voting on trades, man. You get you gotta vote on all trades. Make sure the league yeah. doesn't get corrupt. Yeah, I we have beef on that one. Uh, strictly because I think it comes down to being able to manage your own league. And that's, <laughs> that's not a shot. That's I, I I'm just saying, I think all trades should go through unless the commissioner looks at it and says, 
that's that's trash. I'm like that is straight up a bad trade. Uh, I think you're getting um, you're you're just straight up losing this. Uh, then that's when you should step in. But if it's uh, I hate trading. I hate voting on trades. I up, I another, upload all another of problem is that if you're in a league with a bunch of your friends and there's obviously someone that is closer with someone than someone else, they're going to just vote with that guy just because, you know, they see it as unfair because their friend sees it that way. So I think at the end of the day, you know, we're all grown men, you know, we all look at the stats and we should all make our predictions based on, you know, what we think is going to happen. If you think, Trading, you know, Pat Mahomes for uh, Michael Pittman is the, is the right deal to make, and I get Pat Mahomes out of it. I feel like this year that's not a bad trade. <laughs> Hence, why you need voting because <laughs> you never know. Everybody's got different opinions, you know. The two names out out the blue, and and I get crucified. But if I if I'm trading Austin Eckler. For let's just scroll all the way down for a, I don't know, a backup receiver in James Cook or jam, backup running back in James Cook. That should be like an instant veto. That's when yeah. the commission should step in and be like, get that out of here. That it, there's collusion happening. That's when trade trade should be vetoed. But when it's just like, yeah, I can. When somebody has looks at a trade and says, yeah, I could see the thought process. It should go through. Because then you're just like, all right, yeah, then I can, I understand. But not everybody thinks that way. Everybody is just like, oh, that makes that team better than me. I'm not voting on. I'm going to veto that trade. And I think, Kyle, another important point has to be like everyone has their own personal valuations. There's a reason that we each do our individual projections, projections and rankings uh, of players, because, you know, just from talking, we know that Mike uh, is low on on Russell Wilson. We know Dante is high on Hunter Renfro. Kyle, we know you love your Lions, you know, like. Everyone has a different a different opinion when it comes to when it comes to players, you know. Um, so I think that that's something that needs to be respected. Um, in in talking about it last year, and and you know we had some controversial trades that got vetoed here and there. Um, it's a hard system to perfect for sure because you do want something in place where uh, lopsided trades can be declined um, on, on behalf of the league. But I think something that um, I, I you know, and I'm not trying to burst something new on the scene here, but something that we talked about or that I kind of thought through was that maybe you limit the amount of vetoes that a team has per year. So you have to be frugal with the amount of vetoes that you're using. You know, you always have that one guy that's in last place. That's just bitter about every single trade because his team sucks and he's a terrible manager, you know, but if you only gave him two vetoes per year or one veto per year, you know, for that really, really lopsided trade, that might be a way to alleviate some of the, um, some of you know the the guys that are heavy with the veto, you know. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely interesting too. I feel like um, for the league that we are in, um, it, it's more of like a trial and error thing. I think throughout the years we've gotten a lot better, and every year we continue to get better and better. Eventually, I I only say I want voting on trades as like a doomsday system. Like you get that one trade that we just said is bogus. Like it's got to get shut down that's when it should happen. Like every trade for the most part should go through. Um, and, and and to mention what you said, Dante, we do have some specific rules in place to like stop collusion and stop like trying to like just vote to like benefit yourself. So um, what we do is usually we do three divisions of four. And if a trade happens, you cannot vote on the trade. If you are in the 
the person involved in the trades division. Um, so it kind of takes away that like, oh, I need the edge. This guy's going to lose the trade. He's in my division. Let me just say yes. So he gets the worst end of the stick, you know? Um, so like small stuff like that. But I, I agree. Like no, nobody wants to sit there and, and ruin someone's dreams unless you're a troll, you know, and you're just in the league, like Zach said, and you're bad and, and the year's not looking great for you. And you're like, no, nah, I don't I don't want this guy to have fun, you know? You also get those guys that, uh, like, if they do, if they quit early, they'll just give up their mm-hmm. whole team for, like, scrap change. Right. And it's just like, all right, well, at that point, you know, it's who knows that guy the most, you know. or Because you, you get the old, I'll swing you 50 bucks if I win deal, you know. And then that exactly. gets into a whole other bag exactly. of worms where we, we don't even want to see that, you know. That shouldn't be what fans well, when that When that's happening, you kick the guy out of the league. Get out. Yeah, you don't know, though. You don't know. You don't know who does it, you know? All right. Uh, enough about voting on trades, because we all hate it, except for one guy. Um, I think it's a great what, role, though. All right. To an extent. Zach, what, what's, a, <laughs> what's a rule you would add? I'm going to go ahead and advocate for FAB budget, um, and that stands for free agent acquisition budget. Um, so I guess I just called it FAB budget budget, but... Um, you know, uh, what that is for those of you who don't know is they give you a hundred dollars. Your, your site gives you a hundred dollars worth of um, free agency money. Uh, it, it's made up money. You don't have to actually pay it. It's it, there's usually no reward. Some leagues do it if you have leftover at the end, but by and large, most leagues don't. Um, and and it's just a nice way to go about doing free agency. You know, after week one, when that guy goes off and he's going to be a year long starter. Um, I'm thinking of like Austin Eckler a couple of years ago. Um, help me out. Who was someone last year, guys? Can you think of anyone off the top of your head? Cordero Patterson. Sure, sure. Cordero Patterson. Absolutely. Yeah. He's that kind of uh, fab gives you a chance to get in on that kind of guy, even if you might be the most active person in your league where you're always making pickups. Gives everybody an even shot at the waivers. Absolutely. So to, to kind of give an example, like last year, if, if Cordero Patterson would have been on the waiver wire and all four of us here would have wanted to go after him, I don't have any idea what the other guys are going to bet um, or bid on him. So maybe Mike puts $5, Dante puts 6 Kyle puts 10 and I just want to be safe. And I put down maybe 20 on him, you know, and then it would go through and the system takes a look at it and it says, all right, well, I put down 20 and that was the most out of everyone. So I'm going to be the one who is awarded that player. Um, and if it comes down to a tie, then it goes to your waiver order after that, which is, I think, fair. But um, I, I'm a huge advocate of, of fab budget. I, I do still have some leagues where I do go by rolling waivers, um, which I think is uh, which I do still like to an extent. Um, but I, I think fab is nice, especially in leagues where everyone is competitive. Everyone's paying attention week in and week out. You don't have that those guys that are just logging on on Sunday and are setting their lineups for Sunday. Um, it, it helps keep the league engaged as a whole. So that's the that's the rule that I'm going to go ahead and advocate for today. I'm a fan of fab budget, 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 uh, because like I said, it gives everybody a fair shot. Uh, it's fun. It's really exciting. It gives everybody something to wake up to. Like, not only are you just putting in a bid, you're like you would with regular rolling waivers. You're putting in you're like, I'm going to spend this much. And I'm going to I really hope I get it. I really hope I beat out the next guy because it's like a little extra added competition every what is it Wednesday morning that those waivers clear during and the Kyle, season. I was going to say it, it also takes the fantasy week and changes it from just being Thursday, Sunday, Monday to being Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because you're looking and yeah. you're actively engaged on 
on those two extra days of the week. It's awesome. My my t- Mondays and Tuesdays are spent looking at everybody else in my leagues, how much they have left and how much they're probably going to put on the top waiver prospect that week. And then I'm just like, all right, I'm going to beat out this guy because I need him a little bit more. I really want him. And it's just fun to wake up or like wait until the time we have it set for 11 in our one league at 11 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Be like, all right, who's going to win him? Who's getting this guy? Who's who's spending way too much? We had a guy pay 80 bucks for uh, Antonio Brown two years ago when he came back <laughs> midseason. And we all we, it, like it's just because then we just all hit the group chat, roasted him. And it was like, all right, cool. You're lost like that you overspent and it's just it adds so much more fun to the league uh in my personal opinion yeah i'm I'm a huge fan too i the worst thing i think that you could absolutely do is the default espn option which is last place gets first uh go at waivers that's like man like i I, and obviously I, i don't think any of us have touched the espn default league in a long long time uh we're, we're evolved at this point. That's what happens when you become an adult. I think uh, you get rid of that kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> it, It's like, man, I wish I knew back then just to tank the first three weeks so that I would get like the best guy because realistically <laughs> in waivers, man, I mean, the gold is going to come in that, that first one, two, three weeks. And then you just want to make sure you have some for playoff time just in case something happens, injuries and whatnot. But the, the real stars you're going to get in those first three weeks. Why not tank and, you know, just grab the first guy off the waivers? Um, a few years back, it was James Conner when he was a rookie with the Steelers. Nobody even knew Absolutely. about him. And Le'Veon yeah. holds out. James Conner's top five, you know. Um, just two years ago, it was James Robinson. Um, yeah. Man, maybe, maybe it's League winners. James's. Who knows? James oh, who's Cook. A James? Who's a James? James Cook. Ooh. We found him. Wow. Draft him. <laughs> Never We've cracked now, the code. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the budget, man. It's so much fun. And obviously everybody has different ways of thinking about it too. So like you said, it's just fun to like wake up and see like, wow, that guy like really undersold or like, oh, wow, I spent, I spent my bread. I got who I wanted. It's, it's a fun thing. It adds some fun to the league. And I think it's the best way too. Yeah. I agree with everything you guys said. The only interesting part um, to me is, uh, when a player like a superstar gets hurt, like a Christian McCaffrey or a Dalvin Cook, and then you get the people that will literally like spend all of their money mm-hmm. on like a Deontay Foreman or like um, God, Chuba Hubbard from out. last year, yeah, yeah Chuba Hubbard, yeah, exactly, or uh, Alexander Madison. That's the guy I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see who will spend that money, uh, that much money, or like eighty bucks, if they only have a hundred bucks for the year, and you know, like. Dalvin Cook will come back two weeks later, and then they're screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting. I, I think that's the funny part. Well, and Kyle, just to just sorry, just to butt in real quick, it, there are like for for those of you that do transition to a fab budget, there are certain articles and certain um, pieces out there that will be a weekly basis that'll tell you what percentage of your fab to bid on certain players. So you know, if Dalvin Cook does go down. Um, some, some articles will literally tell you to spend 40% of your fab, you know, and then you do the math, whether that's, you know, uh, 40, $40 or whether you're out of a 200 budget and that's 80, whatever it is. And they'll tell you how much to spend or how much they feel you should spend. So that's something you could always look out for too. 
Is that a preview of some Zach Cole articles we'll be seeing? It this, might be. This season? It might be. Although I, uh, I, I don't know. I swing and miss on a lot of people with my fat budget. <laughs> I put in. Uh, I, I think I, ha- I had some claims for some questionable people last year. One week wonders. So um, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Don't we all? All right, Dante. Up to you, my man. What's your favorite league rule? If you were set in a league, what's like the number one? You're like this is. I'm building the league around this rule. So I have yet to be in a league that invokes this, but I would love to be in a league that has a league punishment. So if we had like my, my league punishment would be an open mic event, like at the comedy cellar or something like that, like something like super prestigious where like, I know they're going to get crucified as soon as they step on stage like with something like oh i'm just here because of my fantasy <laughs> like they're just gonna get booed right off the stage and i want that anxiety for them i want all that i mean other uh, comparisons could be you know uh 12 hours at a mcdonald's or like a waffle house that's a popular one uh doing uh the combine drills or like doing sprints or conditioning tests you know you could you could you could be creative with it but I think it's important to have a league punishment because it it challenges people that are like easy quitters for the beginning of the season. And it kind of like gives them motivation to like not like try to get last place or like not give up. Um, Kyle and Mike, real quick, let me hear. I, I have one in mind too. So I want to hear what your guys' favorite punishment is um, that you've seen recently. Uh, I don't think I've even seen it. I, it just the thought of it. I've been craving to do to have in our league the SAT punishment where the loser has to take the SATs. For some reason, that's just it's perfect because then the rest of the league hangs out. I'm just picturing hangs out, has a, like a, a picnic outside waiting for the loser to <laughs> just basically mope their way through. What is it like four or five hours taking a test that they've already taken? And just hanging out, waiting for them, and then when they come out, they celebrate. You go, you go crazy. But then, like, just think about, think about being that person. I think that that shame of sitting in that classroom with like people that are 16, almost, 17 year olds, almost ten years young, <laughs> almost ten years younger than you, sitting in that room taking the same test as them, has got to be equally matched with going up in front of a, in front of a comedy show, and saying, <laughs> I, I'm here as a joke. Uh, have like <laughs> this is this means nothing i think that shame has to be super equivalent if not even worse and i i love that so much i don't know dude because you're not like you're not the center of attention you're not trying to be the center of attention <laughs> if you're if you're going to the sat test you're like hoodie up you know what i mean maybe mm-hmm. shades on and we're and we're just <laughs> we're playing yeah but you lose your day i think like ah uh, i i don't know no, I, I get it. No, in terms of the longevity, like a hundred percent. Like that taking the SAT is one of the worst tests in terms of just sitting there I've ever experienced. But yeah, I mean there's something about like especially because people are really like have anxiety issues. So like it's just nice to like just put that at the <laughs> forefront. <laughs> Make them seem You know what I mean? Like I guess I'm, I'm diabolical like that. I just I just like people like cruel folks. Yeah, I just I just want them like especially when they're like getting but made fun of too. It's like, oh yeah, like, that's what you get for like losing, man. Like you're a loser. So yeah. Mike, let me hear you. Uh see, I it, it's kind of hard. You know, there's so many good ones out there. Um 
Uh, Dante, it's funny you mentioned it. We're actually making our league loser do a stand-up skit this year as well. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'm on board for the more embarrassing stuff. Um, I'm not really on board with the physical punishments, like make someone run a mile or do this. Like it's not really funny to see to see that. Like I, I'd laugh a little bit, but I, I like to see someone get embarrassed. And I know the worst thing for me as a kid growing up, even now, uh, for the most part, would be having to go up in front of a group of a hundred some people and give a speech, you know, I could do it and I can get through it fine. But that whole night and day before I'm going to be stressing out. <laughs> and everybody knows that feeling like, Oh no, the next day I got to present and Mrs. So-and-so's class. Like you're up that whole night with anxiety, you know, and that's, that's the type of punishment I'd go for. So I don't really have a favorite, um there's there's a lot of good ones out there there's some extreme ones that i'm totally against like tattoos and 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 crazy stuff like brandings and yeah not not on board with that stuff but i'm more on board with the embarrassing stuff kind of like impractical joker style that's that's the kind of stuff i would like i think my favorite one that i've seen recently and kyle i'll keep this nice and short but uh we're all east coast guys here um and i saw a bunch of guys that made their their buddy buy a plane ticket to to like San Diego and he had to fly to San Diego and then just come back. Like, like that just oh, sucks. Like no. you have to get on the plane, you have to fly to the other side of the country, literally just land at the airport and turn around and get right back on the plane. And I like back. that. I like that only because if I were the loser, I would miss my second flight and just enjoy enjoy a new spot for a little bit longer. Exactly. I saw another one today. I think it was a league that was from Minnesota, maybe. Um, and they made their, their loser go down to Iowa, which is just a couple states away. And his only mission was to find and pet a dog. Um, they didn't give him like they didn't give him any specifications on how to get there, on what to do. But he had to go to Iowa, pet a dog and come back. <laughs> like, like I, I just feel like wasting someone's time is, is a good punishment, too. You know, like no one's getting oh. hurt. It's just a waste of time. And I think that's that's a good punishment, you know? Yeah, it's it's fun for kids too. Like I, I would say, if if you guys are, are a younger group of friends and like you guys are younger, like have fun. You know, um, I feel like as you get older now, the the loser of the league does get punished because he loses all of his money. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true. That's and as an true. adult, that's like, <clears throat> like oh. me, that's like the worst part. So like, um, but nah, that the airport one is new. I haven't heard that one. That that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like that'd be awesome, you know, send someone to freaking San Diego just to get <laughs> off and come back, you know, and like for the whole for the whole league, if he shared the location the day of and you're just watching him, you're like, oh, he's over in Nebraska right now. Just I watching him go. <laughs> what you what you add to that is you make them wear like you make them wear something funny, whether it's like <laughs> a shirt that just announces that they are the fantasy football loser, <laughs> just like something to make them stand out. Because I, I was just in an airport like a month ago. And, you know, walking through, you're just like, all right, that guy's weird. Uh, trying to get that kind of because kind of going back to Dante's comedy show thing, like you want them to feel punished. You want them to feel punished and not like just like, oh, I'm taking a trip. So to add Dude, that even little... San Diego, even San Diego is kind of like positive. Like if, if it were me, like if I was yeah. a loser. You got to send me to like Little Rock, Arkansas, like 
with like BLM like all over my body. <laughs> and we got <laughs> and we gotta and I gotta go to like the, the KKK like headquarters like all of them. <laughs> you, gotta, <laughs> you guys you guys gotta like it's gotta be torture. I'm with Dante. Like you gotta like send them and make them do something. Like I'm petting the dog, but maybe make it a little bit more drastic where it's just like, yeah, you gotta like go into the town square of like a random town in Iowa and like hold up the sign where it's like, <laughs> you don't know this town, but you have to go there and like just, just make a, a fool yourself in the middle of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys, uh, I'm assuming you guys have, have you seen the movie Borat, the Borat movies? Yeah. You know the suit he wears? The, the literal <laughs> strap. That would also be good to send somebody to that on. Just let them chill out on the beach, walk the boardwalk for a little bit with that swimsuit. That 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 would be a good one as well. <laughs> Any skit from Borat or Bruno would would be a great punishment. <laughs> but I think you take that. You have to think when the fantasy football league ends, when the season ends, and it's like the winter. Uh, so you make them wear that. Well, that's what I'm saying. You make them wear. You make them wear the 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 skinny bathing suit that goes over their shoulders, and you make them do a polar plunge. Mm, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. And, and you could right. even do some. You could even do some good with that too. Have them donate to a cause or something. Exactly. You know, that could be. You know, that that could turn out to be a positive and a negative at the same. There's time. plenty. There's plenty you could do. <laughs> All right, uh, moving away from some league punishment. Uh, I didn't get to mention my favorite league rule. Uh, I'm just gonna say I really like uh, Superflex. I'm falling in love with it. That's probably my starting point. Um, and I'm not going to let you guys comment on that because I know we all like Superflex. Uh, so moving on, uh, we're going to talk about our favorite draft positions this year. Uh, 2022, looking at the draft board, I know we've done plenty of mock drafts. And I think Mike and I are probably going to do one tomorrow morning, Mike. We'll talk hey, about that later. That's, that's good with my schedule. All right. Uh, either way, favorite draft position. Like if you had the full free choice to make the decision on where you were drafting this year, one through 12, 12 man standard league, uh, PPR, all that basic stuff. Which pick are you choosing? Uh, I'm going to start with Dante. So I'd rather the one through four range just so I can get that elite running back. And then, so in my mock drafts that I've been doing, I've always just been going two running backs off the bat. And then grab him like Michael Pittman early because he never goes past the third round. And I, that's that's someone I'm really looking at uh, heavily this year. But like, yeah, I like the first four because I get that that awesome running back in a scarce position already. And the wide receivers are just so deep that I can I can hold back a little bit um, as opposed to like in the later rounds, like getting like a Devonte Adams or. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson really go. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, they go in like the middle of the first round, anyways. So it's like you know, you can you can still pick them at my place, obviously. But um, yeah, I just prefer getting like those Jay Taylors, uh, McCaffrey's, Derrick Henrys. Like those guys are just more valuable to me. Um, so I'd rather have like those first four picks just so I can get that guy, double up our running back, maybe even triple up, and then just focus on wide receivers uh, down the road. I dig it. Yeah, I uh, let's see if I had to pick one. I'm kind of falling in love with kind of like the back end of the draft. Um, just like that nine through 12 range. 
Uh, I know that is four picks. So let's say 10 to 12. Uh, just because you kind of get your choice, kind of, I'm just looking at ADP right now. 10 through 12 is Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams, and DeAndre Swift. And I feel like those three guys alone are beautiful. Fan- I like, it's so hard because I feel like you could say this any year, but I feel like every pick in the first round is really solid. But then you kind of have to think of what you're getting on in return. So like, I don't know, let's say pick 10, go Joe Mixon. Then kind of on the backswing, you get uh, Javante Williams, probably Stefan Diggs. Uh, I, I really like the prospect of that back end getting two really, really solid players uh, and just kind of getting that really good foundation on your team. Um, and I'm with you, Dante. I've been really loving the start of running back, running back. However, if I see it's primarily Diggs, um, because after him, it's really like CD Lamb, Debo. And I don't really love those guys as much as I do the running backs going in the second round. But if I get uh, Mixon and then I get, and then Diggs comes back to me in the second round, taking him. But if it's not him, then I'm taking Chubb. I'm taking Javante Williams. Uh, and honestly, nowadays it looks like uh, Alvin Kamara is making his way back into that area. Um, and I love it because that's a fantastic one two punch at the running back position. And then you kind of fill in receiver as you kind of go down. All right, not, nothing, nothing really more to add for me. Um, I, I think, quite honestly, I think my favorite stack in that back end, um, I was going to mention the back end is one of my favorite places as well. Um, I love the stack of Mixon and Swift. Um, if you can poten- potentially land both of them, now I know the odds of that happening are a little slim, but I love those two combined together. Um, I also love Najee Harris in that range, especially if you compare him with one of those two guys I just mentioned as well. Um, and the back end, I'm a little bit more of a, a a heavier proponent of going to RB um, back there, going running back, running back. Um, but I also don't hate the Kelsey pick um, if you if you happen to get a little cute and decide to want to go tight end early. Um, so that that's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, Mike, you have anything you want to add there? Um, yeah, I mean, there's kind I of. I heard I heard Mike likes the first overall pick. He's a big first overall kind of guy. Hey, <laughs> and uh, you literally took the words out of my mouth. So I, I would. <laughs> So for me, I would go, I kind of like everywhere. Like, you know, like you just mentioned as well, Kamara makes things interesting this year. Um, He's back in the mix now. They're they're pushing the trial back to next uh, year or or whatever the case is a few months down the road now, if you haven't heard. So he's going to be back in the mix. Um, I'm assuming initially probably middle of the second round and he'll slowly day by day start making his way up the chain there. Um, so the back end's nice. The, the the double running back that you mentioned would be beautiful. Um, and, and I, I I just think with the recent news with CD Lamb as well, um, with that team, like there there really is a realistic chance that the guy could be the most targeted player in football this year. Um, and, and that's just something like if you go running back and CD Lamb at, at those last picks, like that's beautiful, you know. Um, I'm more interested in the first two. I want to start my draft with Jonathan Taylor or McCaffrey, and I want to have a shot at either Kelsey or Andrews on the way back, Um, depending on where you draft. I know ESPN right now with their rankings and stuff, you're going to get a shot at Kelsey and Andrews coming back in that second round um, at the one-two pick. And I mean, if you could start your draft with the best running back and and possibly the best tight end in, in the draft, I mean, 
deadly combo. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I say one through two because after that, you got Cooper Cup in the mix, who uh, was wide receiver one last year. And it's not something I'm too interested in this year. Like, I, I, I think it's a realistic chance that he could repeat and, and at worst be a top five receiver still. Um, interesting fact for you as well um, that I brought up before the show, but Cooper Cup is set and expected to go back to back this year as the number one receiver. Do you guys know who the last receiver was to go back to back number one years? Antonio Brown. That's what I was going to say. So it was Antonio Brown in 2016 and 2017. It was in Antonio Brown. Do mm -hmm. you know who it was before that? And, I, and I will tell you, they did it in 2014 and 2015, this guy. Oh. Julio. It's a good guess. It's a good guess. Not mm. correct. Not correct. <sighs> Two years back to back at number one. Mm -hmm. uh, you said 2014, 2015? Don't look it up. Don't look it up. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like Calvin Johnson's a pretty good guess. Yeah. So Calvin was 2013. Okay. He was the number one. Uh, I'll give you a hint. He's the same exact height as AB. Hmm. Smaller guy. Um. It wasn't. I guess Andre Johnson. No, this is no. too old. Too much older. Too much later. My guess was going to be maybe Demarius Thomas. He's too big though. A little big, yeah. Same height as A and B, and uh, I'll give you give the me last a, here. Give oh, me a division ahead. or a league or something. Who who say that again? Give me give me a division or a league or something. Help me out. Help AFC me North. AFC North. I'll give Shoot. you your last hint here. No, I he don't want the it. Same birthday as A B. Oh, wild! Was it was um, it A B? It was A B. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm just messing around. It, it was so it was A B. I was just shocked um looking up some stuff to see that he actually was the number one four years in a row, man. Like that that was just crazy to me. I don't think that's gonna be done for a long, long time. Like props to Cooper Cup, amazing wide receiver. Skill-wise, I don't think he's a top five in the league. So I think Antonio Brown at, at the time was skill-wise, everything-wise, and he dominated. And I think Calvin Johnson probably could have done it as well. Um, I, I got to keep digging. Maybe he did go back-to-back -back when he was in the league. I, I'd be surprised if he didn't. But, I mean, I don't see Cooper Cup doing that again. Um, so going back to my main point, that's why I kind of cut it off at 1-2. Um, and like I said, I kind of like the back end of the draft, like you guys were saying. I'm curious if Le'Veon was a like consecutive like running back as well during that time period. I mean, like I don't know. That would be interesting. I think yeah. he. I think he only had one year as the one, if my memory serves me correctly. I th I think he was only one year because you got to remember there was a year um, David Johnson went nuts in there too, um, and I think he. I think he prevented the consecutive years for Le'Veon. Um, but uh, real quick before I give you guys my spot, one just one more or two names here. Give me a receiver in the league that you guys think has the best chance to go two years being the number one over a wide receiver in the NFL. In the league today? Yep. I'd say Jamar or Justin. 
Okay, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Okay, Mike. Yeah, that's that's going to be my two as well. I don't think okay. anybody's in better spots than they are. Kyle, I'm going to toss in. This is a wild card, uh, and this is this would have to happen this year, next year, or the year after. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Ooh, okay. Mm. I like that. Okay. I'm going to throw in Stefan Diggs. Um, I th- I think he and Josh Allen are great together. Um, so I I think that that's just a good sign though is that there are so many um so many receivers and the the league is in capable hands. Um, and and I think that that kind of segues in segues me into uh, my spot that I like to draft at, and I'm a little more specific than you guys. And my my spot is the fourth overall spot. Um, it happens to be the spot that I actually have in in my. Um, my league of note. And I think that it just affords you so many different opportunities at the spot. Um, I, I just, I really, really love the flexibility that I have when building a roster. Um, I, I, especially at four as in the first round, it gives you the opportunity to not feel pressured because you can kind of take whoever falls to you. Um, there's a top four running backs and there's top two receivers. Um, the four running backs being Taylor, Henry, Eckler, and McCaffrey, and then the two receivers being Cup and Jefferson. So you can kind of sit there and you can decide, do I want to take running back? Do I want to take receiver? And you can kind of just read whatever is whatever is left there. So it's nice. It doesn't have the pressure of two or three where you're having to choose one of the running backs and and maybe you don't make the right choice. Um, but then looking at the second round, when it comes back to you, if you decide to go receiver early, you decide to go running back early, you can take the opposite in that second round. And really, I just feel like you can build a really robust roster moving forward with that with that pick. I think that I think the cards just kind of fall nicely where you're always picking from a, a nice pool of players. So I'm going to say that the fourth overall pick is my favorite pick in the draft. Now, are you always relying on like a, a player to fall to you in that pick? Or do you have someone in mind that you're looking to get like regardless? So personally, I do have someone in mind. I'm not going to go ahead and say that who it is because we got to wait for that draft to happen. It is someone that I do consistently get that spot. So I feel pretty comfortable when I'm mocking. Um, you know, it's not like me re- relying on the the 25% chance that, you know, Christian McCaffrey falls to me or that the the 5% chance that Jonathan Taylor slides. You, you know what I'm saying? It's not that sort of deal. Um, but I have also done different drafts where I experiment with going running back. I experiment with going receiver. Um, and just kind of switch it up. So, um, and I think the fourth spot is nice. It, it's in the middle enough where you're getting a pick every, you know, every roughly 10 to, t- 10 to 12 picks that you can get the guys that you're looking for. Bold. Yeah. I, I can't say, I hate going into a draft kind of saying, I'm going to take this guy round one and this guy round two. But at the same time, it is always nice to go in kind of expecting, or having an idea of what you're going to do in these picks. Um, when with kind of that in mind, not going in, taking one dude uh, and only taking one dude. Uh, what are what are you guys doing this year kind of strategy wise? What are you thinking you're liking the most uh, considering you we've drafted plenty of times? What uh, I know we've mentioned starting RBRB, but are we? Are some of you doing early QB? Do you guys like Josh Allen in the third? Uh, are you really, is anybody banking on Kelsey or kind of like like their chances with the Dalton Schultz? Like who who do you like? What strategies are you kind of like favoring? Um, what, are you, what are you kind of going into these draft expe- drafts expecting strategy-wise? So 
uh, I'll just jump back in quick just because I talked about mine. I'll keep it nice and brief. But um, I found myself to really like the hero RB strategy um, where I'm taking a running back in either one, round one or round two. Um, and I'm filling out the next couple rounds with just receivers. Now, to, to kind of put a caveat on that, we do have a three receiver, one flex um, style league, and it is a PPR league. So receivers are extremely, extremely valuable in this league. So um, it, and, and I found that to be a, a successful formula for me last year. I kind of relied on Ezekiel Elliott. And then I had uh, Mike Evans. I had DeAndre Hopkins and I had Keenan Allen. And that gave me such a safe floor that any any given week I could I could bank on getting 100 points. And it was just a matter of whether my RB2 was going to kick in those extra points to push me over the edge or not. Um, and I, I personally love that strategy. And I love that strategy again this year. Um, where my first five or six rounds look like basically one running back and then four or five wide receivers. So that's that's my favorite strategy is the hero RB strategy. Yeah, no, that's that's honestly and that's kind of what I was mentioning when I said I like that one two pick. That that's what I would do it with is I'd get my I'd get my stud running back and then just build the rest. And um, Zach, you you mentioned you did it last year. I was actually breaking it down today, as you saw. Um, you, you absolutely nailed Melvin Gordon and AJ Dillon later on in the draft, and yeah. they both turned yeah. out to be RB twos. Um, and, and they were what the thirtieth, fortieth running backs taken off the board. So, um, you know, you just got to hit. You got to hit. Um, draft strategies, however, um, I think this year I mentioned in a few earlier videos that we did that I was really trying to get a quarterback this year, like a stud quarterback, early. And I want to on camera take that back because for, the, for my entire life, I've never done it. I've never gone quarterback early for a good reason. And it's because if you hit that late quarterback, you are golden, man. And, and like late quarterbacks, I'm looking at this year, you got guys like Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Tua. Um, you you could throw, um, I, I, I mean, I think Russ should be going down with those guys, but people think he's good for some reason. So he, he'll go. Bit earlier than those guys, Mike. Even even like Stafford and Brady and Rodgers are going pretty late this dude, year. Exactly, and and they're all being drafted as I think I think Brady was QB nine and ADP, and then everybody else is like 10, 11, 12. and it's like, dude, why reach for a quarterback? Um, Brady was quarterback three last year and was going in the ninth, tenth round. I mean, you just got to hit, you know. And, and I tried it last year with Tannehill as well. I waited as long as possible, took Tannehill coming off of his best season of his career, and it didn't work out, you know, and, and there goes your season, you know. Um, but for the most part, I mean, that that's kind of what I'm looking for. Late QB, most likely, again, for me. Um, and we were just mentioning first-round picks as well. Uh, first-round picks is like the only round, kind of like Kyle said, where you could kind of pick out one name in the first round. Like, you could at least say, like, all right, I want this guy or this guy or this guy. After that, I think my strategy for this year personally is going to be value-based. Um, and essentially, when I say value-based, um, essentially I mean points per game. Um, that's that's really what value-based is. It, it, you're looking points per game, who's going to get you the most points on that roster. So I'm not really looking for a specific build this year, especially in, in the one league I'm in. I'm drafting towards the back end. Um, so first round, I have a few guys that I, I have an idea on. And after that, I want as much points as possible. So I'm going to be looking value-based, um, not really seeking out names or positions or anything like that, kind of just letting the draft fall to me this year. Uh, I, th I think that's the best way to do it. That's, that's what I'm going with this year. 
Yeah, um, I'm not really much to add. I would say um, I'm kind of leaning towards Zach's strategy with the Hero RB. Um, I would say that the four, the rounds four and five, I'm starting to like play around with picking a quarterback, or even round six, like a Jalen Hurts, or a, I mean, you got you got you got quarterbacks like Kyler Murray getting picked like late like that. So I, you know, to me, it's kind of uh, given the players that you can get in other positions, like a Kareem Hunt or, you know, a Cordell Patterson, like I would rather just get like a Lamar Jackson at that, at that, uh, at those rounds or like, again, like a Jalen Hurts. He's a sleeper running uh, quarterback that I feel like is going to have a really uh, massive increase in production uh, this year with the weapons that he has now. But um, yeah, I've been flirting around with that. Um, but as far as like, the standard, uh, I guess, routine that I'm going to go with, it's going to be like heavy running backs. Because, again, that's just the most scarce position. Um, it's important, too, because you can get the targets and uh, the carries with it. And wide receivers are just deep. It's just a deep position. So, um, yeah, here are RB for me. Yeah, and I think I remember I think I'm falling in love with early tight end. And I know – Previous weeks ago, probably last week, I said this at that recently that I wasn't too in love with early tight end. But man, I'm running through some mocks and I'm snagging a good old Kyle Pitts. Uh, maybe not. I haven't been getting Kelsey. He's going too early. I like the running backs and receivers around him too much. But snag a Kyle Pitts, uh, maybe even a Waller Kittle. Uh, I has been getting plenty of training camp buzz with uh, Trey Lance. But I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying how my teams look and tight ends are like my fantasy kryptonite every year. I, I tend to go later just because I, just how drafts work. And, and I always I get the worst guys every single year. The one time I got lucky with Austin Hooper when he was like the tight end three. But aside from that, it's been it's been nonsense. I think the one year I wanted to draft early, I got Gronk and it was the year that he played like two games. It, it so I think I think I'm falling in love with it this year. Um, either way, it's not like I go in and I say I'm getting a tight end early. It's all about how the draft shapes out. Um, I typically I go in. I I like to have a tiered ranking list in front of me, um, and just kind of go like, all right, I want a guy in this tier, and they're all kind of ranked in the same cluster, uh, and I just kind of take the one that. Gives me better vibes in the moment, really. Um, and this year, oh man, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I love our mocks. Um, basically, it's going to be a good year for fantasy. Uh, and I'm looking forward to beating all of you in mm. all the leagues that we're in. Uh, mm. You can count on that. That's a that's a stamp of approval guarantee <laughs> that I'm beating you, me personally. Um, probably not in Dynasty. Uh, maybe, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Um, either way, yeah, early tight end, I'm falling in love with, uh, and I know we did an episode er earlier about late tight ends. That's also fantastic. I love those guys too, but I think that the the minute Irv, Irv Smith went down, I hated it. I was just like early tight ends suck. I hate these guys. So started going early, kind of digging it. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I think this year, just to add real quick, the, the tight end, like one tier, um, obviously you got Kelsey and Andrews, but I think, um, 
if you want to call it 1A, 1B, I think it's a little bit thicker this year than most years. You know, I think there's about five or six tight ends that I could see going before like round six this year. And then after that, it's kind of like, uh, at least for me personally, like a big tier break off. So yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of liking that as well. The, the early tight end does seem very, very interesting this year, especially because it's not going to be too early. Whereas you saw Kelsey going a lot earlier last year. Um, I, no one's going to do that again. Obviously he finished this two last year. So um, I, I think it's kind of going to get pushed back their ADPs. And I think there's a, a wider selection. So I, I like what you're putting down, Kyle. Thanks for having my back, Mike. You typically do. Um, <laughs> all right. Now that we've kind of run through what we want to talk about today, hopefully you tuned in. Hopefully you kind of got a good idea of what we like in building a league, league rules. You can kind of come to your commission uh, and propose, uh, especially fab. That's a number one priority. In my opinion, I think that's just fun. Adds a little bit more flavor uh, and, send your league loser to uh oklahoma uh (laughs) get get him get him stuck in a tornado or something um or her and i i don't know i'm just looking forward to having a lot of fun this fantasy season and that's what we're here to do help help you guys have fun um and i know Dante's looking forward to coming in last now that we're going to establish <laughs> league punishment. I do not want to go to uh, the South, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll send you so far North you go South. Um, <laughs> how about that? So, all right. Does anybody else have anything, any parting notes they want to, to send to the world? Man, not really. I mean, it, thank you guys for tuning in, man. If you guys have any questions coming up, like obviously it gets very stressful this last month. Everybody's going to be mocking for the most part, uh, at least like a week before, probably once a day at this point. You know, uh, send us some questions on Twitter, man. Uh, if you if you ever want a mock draft, reach out. If you got leak punishment ideas or if you liked any of ours, let us know. And uh, yeah, we're here for you, man. Uh, use what's available. We'll be throwing as much information at you as possible this past month. Uh, let's get it done. Yeah. Send us, send us mock draft invites. We'll always jump in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Absolutely. thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are first seed, first seed sports. Uh, follow us on socials at Instagram at first seed fantasy, Twitter at, at first seeds sports. And then don't forget to use our code. Uh, first seed on underdog fantasy get a free deposit match you drop down you drop 100 bucks you use our code you get an extra 100 bucks uh that's just that's free money give it a shot it's best ball you draft and you don't have to touch that team again zach's pointing to it down there here we go uh he knows the deal we all know the deal i've been i'm currently in four right now it's fun I love it. I can't stop drafting. And it's a great tool to like, I use it as a mock draft. Honestly, it's a great way to see mm-hmm. how real people are drafting. Um, and if nobody else has anything else to say, thanks for tuning in. Uh, talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the first Eve Fantasy Podcast. Till next time. Till next-